Hi, and welcome to this week's episode of This Property Life podcast, brought to you by Property Wealth Systems. This week, Caroline and myself are honoured to have Mark Dalton, who was our initial three-day speaker, who trained us uh, way back when joining us. We see Mark as our rich dad. Mark has taught us the investment principles that we still use to this day. We both stay very close to Mark, and he has turned from our trainer to our very good friend. So, we are absolutely delighted to have him on the podcast. He will be going through all things, you know, how he got started, mindsets, his philosophy, his beliefs, what he's still doing to this day, and why, you know, by the end of the episode, you will really realize why we look up to him so much. If you've ever heard myself or Caroline speak, you will have heard this man's name. It's an absolute honor to have him on the podcast, and we're very excited to speak with him. Hi, James. Hi, Mark. Lovely to see you. Hi, Hi Caroline. Mark, how are you guys doing? Fantastic. Yeah, thank you very much. We're very, very excited this week because we have managed to secure and nail down our very own Rich Dad. Yes. Um, the, the guest we have on this week um, is the reason that James and I are here and uh, in the property business. And he was the man that basically dragged us over the line from thinking like a 99 percenter to uh, that one percent so we we feel very very excited and privileged to have mr mark dalton with us today um, and caroline james it's an honor to be here it really is thank you thank you for joining us yeah 12 12 years ago in a in a room down in gatwick airport you inspired me to take my first steps in the in the property investment world so it's great to have you on the podcast and it's you know it's, it's been amazing to have stuck close to you for the last 12 years as well yeah, and we've become great friends. Yeah, that's it. It has. So you are a proper rich dad to us, uh, and we're, we'll be forever grateful to you. Mm. So it'd be brilliant for everyone to hear um, how you got to where you are right now. I guess right at the beginning, way back in a former life. What way were you back, doing? Way back in the former life. Yeah. Uh, okay. I mean, it's you know, I, I, it is an interesting story. Um, because I'm sure that there's plenty of people that are just like me out there today that uh, were skint, not earning enough money, probably in debt. Yeah, um, I was £80,000 in debt. Um, I was a street trader um, uh, selling cakes, biscuits and sweets on the back streets of northwest London and Hertfordshire and Bedfordshire. And um, it, it was a good life. But it was hard work, and I realized that if I didn't do something quickly, this was in my uh, late 30s, uh, early 40s, then I was going to be poor in my old age. You know, a typical day to me was um, uh, getting up around about four in the morning, getting down to a market store around about five, half past five, setting the stall up, yeah, through till about nine o'clock in the morning. Um, we would sell like crazy all day to sell as much as we could so we didn't have to put it back on the van at the end of the day. There was no tea breaks, coffee breaks or anything like that. It was just hard work. Uh, and um, even at five o'clock in the afternoon, the day wasn't over. We still had to put the stuff back on the van. We had to drive back home to Luton, where I'm based. And I didn't get in till eight o'clock at night. So leaving the house around about 4.30 in the morning, not getting back till eight o'clock at night. 
Um, but uh, and then uh, when I came in at eight o'clock at night, my youngest boy, and I'm looking over there because you know it was there where all this was happening. Um, and you know, my youngest boy, who's now 38, right, was saying, Dad, 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 and I would just say, In a minute, in a minute, in a minute, right? Um, but even as the day is, I'm back in the house, I still. Uh, the day hadn't finished because I had to count the money and the money had to be counted and uh, and looked after, right? Um, uh, there were security issues around that, but I won't go into that. Uh, but even when the money was counted, I still had to go back out and, la- uh, and reload the vans. And because of that, um, I didn't sit down until 10 o'clock at night. And then it was watch the news, watch the weather, and then off to bed and repeat. And I did that six days a week for the best part of 16, 17 years. So... Right. Um, absolutely. I'm just thinking about it. I know. I'm exhausted hearing it. <laughs> absolutely crazy world, you know. And because of that, you know, the marriage fell apart because I wasn't around all the time. You know, mm. the wife ran off with a plumber, literally. Yeah, right. <laughs> I can laugh about it. I can laugh about it now because you know we're best friends, and actually, it's probably one of the best things that she ever did, right? Because it wouldn't have forced me into uh well not forced me it didn't force me into anything when I think about it I knew what I wanted to do I wanted to make money I wanted to be secure in my old age and I'm sure a lot of the people watching um uh this this uh, uh broadcast uh uh uh, uh uh, replay whichever way they're watching it right will be saying to themselves i want security you know i don't want to have to work 24 hours a day seven days a week just to keep food on the table just to keep the house warm <clears throat> and and because of and because of all of that right um uh, it was way back in um it was may 2000 and elaine and i right um we're arguing in the room over here and we were arguing about guess what money yeah, yeah? and uh this chappy came on the oprah winfrey show why was i even <laughs> home that day? why was i even home that day i don't know right i really don't know but synchronicity jumps into your life yeah. right at certain times and this chap came on called Robert Kiyosaki, you know, and I've got the book there behind me, uh, Rich Dad, and he just said three words, income generating assets, bang. The light went on and that was me on a mission from that moment in time. Instead of me working uh, uh, to earn a living, the assets were going to earn me a living. And that's what I took away from that first interview. Now, most people would just watch that and do nothing, yeah? Right, but I went straight upstairs, and it was dial-up broadband in those days, AOL. Well, it wasn't even broadband. <laughs> well, it wasn't even broadband. It was, it was wind-up, yeah? And I went straight on to uh, Amazon, right, and I ordered the book. And because I ordered the book, at, this, at that time, Amazon was still, you know, baby, baby. You know, um, not where it is today, that's for sure. Um, and at the same time, it, it said, if you buy this book, why not buy this other book? And it was a, a book called Building Wealth by a chap called Russ Whitney. And I yep. can't tell you what to do, guys. But both of those books inspired me to take control of my life and focus on buying income generating assets. Yeah. Um, 
And it was two years before I could do anything. There was no support networks like this. There was no, there was no uh, online uh, things that you could do. You were literally on your own. Yeah, and then way back in 2002, a little leaflet came through my door, attend a Russ Whitney seminar. And that was, I went to that and I paid my £1,865 for a, for a three-day event. And then I parted with another £16,000 after that. And people will go, people at the time were saying to me, wow, that's a deposit on a house. You're absolutely crazy. Yeah. yeah, it was one deposit on one house. The knowledge that was given allowed me to buy many houses and to become totally financially secure, independent, free, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. yeah. And well, and you were 80 grand in debt already. Kind of where did the money come from for you to pay for those trainings? Where, where did the money come from? Um, right. Initially, uh, uh, to, to, to buy the to to buy the initial training, that was the credit card, you know, the £1,865. And it was one of those things of, please go through. Yeah, please go through. Um, <laughs> Don't let it bounce. You yeah. mean it wasn't, a che- it wasn't a check, Mark, in those days? <laughs> no, it wasn't a check. It was the credit card, yeah. And uh, lo and behold, on the on night when I was doing the advanced training, the Saturday night of the advanced training, um, they were asking for £16,000. I knew I was going to do it. I just didn't have the money at that moment in time. And I did what most people should do. You know, I just went to the pub, got a beer. And at the time, my hand was shaking because I knew I was at a moment in my life that if I don't step up and make this work, then I've got to go back and accept my life and, and potentially be poor um, uh, in the rest of my life. You know, particularly in my golden years, which just terrified me because I saw poverty on the markets in such a way. And on yeah. that night... Um, uh, working with a, a couple of other uh, students that had come through, just looking for ideas. Um, I uh, there was a, a mortgage broker in in the group. wasn't working for the company or anything like that. He was a student as well, and he reckoned I could get twenty six thousand pounds out of my house. Yeah, okay, that's all well and good, but at that moment in time, I was in conflict with my ex. And if I said something was black, she would say it was white. Yeah. So it was, you know, and I had to phone her on that Saturday night and say, please, please do that. I phoned her crying. Please, please, we need to do this. Allow me to do it. And she did agree. And because she did agree, that's why I still look after her. And that's why we've still got a great relationship to uh, uh, going today. And she runs the majority of the portfolio nowadays. Yeah? And that's an incredible, and really. incredible moment, really, in the kind of sliding doors, because we meet so many couples where one really is desperate to do it and the other puts the brakes on. And we, we know where that's headed in the future, because it's not actually a question about... Uh, the cost of the training or or, or property investing. There's something deep-seated in the values there. But the fact that you weren't even married and, and together and she was an ex and she's still, still married like, <laughs> yeah, well, I'm still, well i'm still married yeah i'm very <laughs> happily married she left 20 years ago uh, <laughs> i shouldn't say that nowadays because she is she is a good friend yeah she's so the easter egg there she's normally the easter egg there yeah <laughs> So, so but, but, then but Caroline, it hadn't finished then because I didn't have the money. Yeah. 
So then I had to, well, where can I find 16,000 pounds overnight? And I phoned up one of my suppliers, a chap called Barry Lewis up in Birmingham, who sold me, you know, the, the cakes, biscuits and sweets for the market stores. And I said, Barry, you know, um, uh, I need 16,000 pounds for the training. And he go, oh, Mark, well, Mark, are you sure you're not being scammed, turned over, blah, 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 blah. Yep. Yeah. And um, the, the interesting bit is the moment I read the Rich Dad Poor Dad book, I started telling everybody what, I was, what the plan was. Yeah. And in hindsight, right, that was one of the big winning things um, of, of what I've done. The fact that I told everybody what the plan was, because when I, I spoke to Barry and I said, look, you know, I need some money for training. Would you bankroll me? I didn't say it like that. Yeah. Right. Um, uh, but he he went, uh, oh, Mark, are you sure? Uh, and he was he was being protective of me because he was my friend. Yeah. yeah. But know, it was expected. It, didn't, it wasn't a shot out of the blue. It was it was kind of semi-expected. He knew what you were doing. It wasn't. He knew what I was doing. So it wasn't a shot when I, when I phoned him. And this is nine o'clock on a Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, on Gloucester Road tube station in, in, in London. And um, he said, okay, how are you going to pay me back, Mark? I said, well, I've just been speaking with a broker and he can get, get me uh, the best part of 16, sorry, 26,000 pounds out of the house. 16 will go on the training, 10 will go into me investment pot as such. Um, and he says, well, what happens if you, you can't refinance your house? I said, Barry, I have been buying from you for the last 12 years or more. Even if it took me to my last dying breath, I'll make sure you get your money back. And at that moment in time, he said, when do you want the money? And I said, tomorrow morning. He said, phone me before church. Yeah. Right. And that's, that's how I started. Yeah. You know, and, and people know me for creative finance. And, and raising money and showing people how to raise money, right? But it all boils down to one word. How much do you want it? You know, yeah. desire. Yeah, that hunger in the belly, we're always talking about that. If someone is hungry enough, and it's not about being desperate. And I think sometimes people think, oh, you know, your back was up against the wall and, and you know, you only did it because you were really, really desperate. Mm. Actually, we have people that are really financially quite comfortable, mm. but they have that fire in the belly. They, they get want more. Yeah, but right. I mean, you know, in today's world, I work with people that are in some very, very high paid corporate jobs, you know, and the trouble is they've got handcuffs on. Right. And they, they've not got the freedom, you know, the, the choices, you know, look, we're friends. Yeah, we have freedom. We have choices. We can do things. They can't do things. They've got to book their time off. You know, they've got to have their time off when they're told to have their time off. Yeah. They're told how much they're going to be paid. Yep. Right. And it'll for take work. so much more money for them to be able to walk away from that job because they're earning well. Yeah, that's it. I mean, to me, actually, one of the curses for people that have high paid jobs is that they're in a bigger hamster wheel um, and it's harder to get out of. And it takes a, a lot longer to get out of because they are in that big hamster wheel, yeah? Whereas people that don't have lots of money, it's a lot easier, right, than the people with money, you know? It, it, it sounds stupid, but it's it's true, yeah? So you've been actively investing in the mar in property since 2002 to, to today. I think yeah. our listeners would be really fascinated to, to hear what, you know, one of the biggest fears they have is the change in the market. It when's the best time to buy and all of these questions that come up. 
you've been in it for such a long time. What have you witnessed that can give our listeners some kind of comfort in now being a good time when the world's as crazy as it is? Uh, the, the, the formula is quite simple. Buy an income generating asset. If it works today, right? And, and, and I, you know, for me, the basic model is we buy, uh, buy a property that's distressed. We force that appreciation, make, make it worth more. There's one of the ticks, right? And at the same time, when we uh, refinance at a higher value, it's, it still cash flows, right? And that, that, that's the core, the fundamental part of it, mm. right? And if you stick to that rule and uh, it cash flows today, even if the market dropped 10, 15, 25% as it did in 2008, the fact that the properties are cash flowing is the bit that saves you. Where yeah. people get it wrong is they go into speculation. They go into, let me buy something, let me turn it into 15 flats and all this type of stuff, right? They're very, very heavily borrowed. The market turns against them. And because the market turns against them, that's where they go wrong, yeah? yeah. They're always carrying that risk of the market turning against them. Whereas income investors, I class myself as an investor, right? Whereas I see development more of a speculation, yeah? yeah. And I'm not a speculator, I am an investor. I just buy cash flow. When I when I buy houses, I'm buying them for the cash flow. Yeah, that's it, full stop. And you know, go back to 2008. If I hadn't have been trained that way, right? Because I saw lots of people out there, right, um, doing the big developments, doing this, doing that, and people were saying, "Mark, you know, why are you doing those? You know, those properties in the back streets of Luton, Stevenage." Blackpool, you know, they're just rubbish. You want to be developing. You want to be developing. Well, 2008 hit, and they lost everything. And I mean lost everything. Yeah. Kids were at schools, right? The, and, but that's, but that's, that's, to me, speculation, the, yeah. the development side of it. So, you know, for, for those that want safe, right, and I do use the word safe, Right, because I'm not a, I'm not a gambler. People will think I'm a gambler in some way, shape, or form. The only gamble I suppose I've got is on what's going to happen to UK property. And I just say to myself, right, and again, it was one of the best bits of advice that I got as a as, as a, a younger man, yeah, in my early days of, of property. And they said, Mark, look at it, what the value is today, yeah, right, and as long as it works, ask yourself, what will it be worth to you over five years? Over 10 years, yeah, over 20 years. Yeah, is, is that just the value then, increasing, or is that the income that it's going to be generating? And what's it going to actually put in your pocket over that time frame? Um, in, income and what's going to happen to uh, the values, yeah, you know. And I mean, those, um, uh, but the bit, the bit that I really missed and I didn't take on board until I was a bit further down the road, I should have planned 30 or 40 years. Yeah, um, because why would you sell a, a, a box that's pumping out money every single month? Yeah, why would you sell one? Yeah, um, uh, unless it's for some form of uh, asset protection or you know uh, passing money down through the family in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Um, and people talk to me about the market. People talk to me about them. I, I, I love it, right? And, and all I just say is, look, buy for cash flow. 
right? And ask yourself, what would it be worth in 5, 10, 15, 20 years' time? And yeah. that way you'll see the true value uh, of what you've got, yeah? Um, yeah. And cash flow is, is the thing that's going to protect you. You know, ask any business what's more important, profit or cash flow, and they'll all tell you cash flow. And yeah. as long as you've got a well-managed portfolio, right, where your tenants are paying, your occupancy levels are absolutely virtually on 100%, right, the cash flow will keep coming in. Yeah, so um, that's the big one. I mean, to me, the market being up, the market being down, you know, I, 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 I like to say it's whether the, when the market's going up, absolutely brilliant because my capital values are going up. When the market's going down, it means I can buy more cash flow for less price, right? Yeah. And when the market's going sideways, happy days anyway. Just you know? keep doing what you're doing. Just keep doing what you're doing. Just when will you stop? When 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 do you reckon you'll stop, Mark? Um, I've got I've got two boys and I've got two grandkids now. So, um, uh, I used to think legacy, legacy was something that um, uh, me leaving money to the family. Yeah, but actually, I've learned it's it's teaching them how to do it and getting them in that mindset, you know, ask yourself this question, you know, uh, what's more valuable, right? What's more valuable, money or knowledge? Yeah. It's always yeah. knowledge. Right. And uh, I didn't see it to start off with, but when you see the eldest boy uh, who's out the back, you know, what, what, what position he's in today, what compared to what he could have been in, and what the youngest boy's uh, position is today to what he could have been, right? It's, 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 yeah, I'm 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 a very blessed. I'm very blessed that I saw Robert Kiyosaki on the Oprah Winfrey show in May 2000 at 10 o'clock in the morning. Well, it all happens for a reason. I'm a massive believer in that, and I often say that I actually didn't really like you very much when I first met you. I thought, who's this English guy coming to Edinburgh to teach me how to buy property in Scotland when he's never done it himself? You know, and I was a bit like, oh, you know, chip on the shoulder. And you were pushing buttons that I didn't like being pushed. You know, you were really questioning what my plans were and, you know, what I was going to do if this, that or the other happened. And I didn't have well, the answers. The, 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 question, the, question, the question here is, right, more, more than anything else, right, is that everybody wants security. It's one of the basic needs in life, you know. And anybody that's on the call last night, ask yourself, well, last night, now, <laughs> Um, ask yourself this question if I lost my main income stream today yeah if I lost my main income stream how long could I survive is it in days is it in months is it in years right and that's what opened my eyes to I'm going to be um, a, a real basket case if I don't so do something now because you, you know, were like week to week day to day weren't you Say that again. You, you were kind of living week to week, day to day. It was day to day. Yeah. I had to put money. I had to keep the cash flow turning on those market stores like crazy, you know. And the, I suppose one of the big, the 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 big um, uh, things that hit me was change my uh, conversations with myself. He said, you know, I can't afford to buy a house. Yeah. You know, yeah. and again, I was just working with somebody yesterday where I was doing exactly this, working with them on that. You know, how can I buy a house from I can't afford to buy a house? How could I buy a house? 
and we're yeah. in that we're in that process now and that's the way that you work that's the way i work um and it's the language that you have you know the conversations that you have with yourself you know and again you know doing something like you, you you're doing now with you guys you know it's because they're rubbing shoulders with you it it, it comes off as long as they get close enough to you. You know, if they're only seeing you once or twice, no, it doesn't work. But anybody that's serious should obviously be rubbing as, getting as close to you as possible and staying as close to you for as long as possible. And that's why we've stayed so close to you over the past, you know, <laughs> I know. 12, 15 years. You can't get rid of us. <laughs> but I will say, James, you, you've, you've coached and mentored me. Yeah. Haven't you? Yeah, going up, yeah. going up. Many years ago, we went up Mount Kilimanjaro, and if it hadn't been for James, I wouldn't have been at the top. Yeah, but it was, it, it, you know, the, the process was the same. I wanted to learn how to invest in property, find someone that's done it, and you know, learn from them. I'd already been up Killy the once, and you were like, right, I'm going to stick close to you and get me up there. What what do I need exactly. to do to get there? The, yeah. the principle's the same for anything, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's amazing that you talked about those two books that were significant to get things started. Is there any book that you go back to regularly on a yearly basis or something like that just to keep keep learning from it? That you yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a I'm a big believer in doing the basics well. I know because of the internet and you know there's so much noise going on out there today. Um, I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, and everybody should write this down, do the basics well. You know, if you've got a pen now, just write it down, do the basics well. Right. And um, I do see uh, in, in, in uh, just by the people that I work with and the people, my friends, family, blah, 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 that they don't manage their money. And one of the books that had a massive impact on me was The Richest Man in Babylon. Yeah. Again, because... I hadn't been taught, you know, that, that this whole thing about school, they just teach you to get a job. They yeah. don't teach you um, uh, about money, you know, how to make it, you know, how to, um, uh, how to make it grow and how to make it work for you. Yeah. Right. And reading The Richest Man in Babylon gave me the foundation of, um, um, of wealth. People always look at me. People do always look at me and say, oh, Mark's made his money through property. Right. Yes. Definitely. Right. However, right. It was the uh, quality financial habits that I got very, very early on in the <clears throat> in my journey that has made sure that I could keep that money. Yeah. Rather and than it as make well. it work for me. Yeah. Yeah. So, so let's go back to Babylon. Richest man in Babylon. So let's go back to family because I'm fascinated about um, as a trainer, as a coach, as a mentor, you, you work with people even now because you're still so passionate and that will definitely come across on this podcast. Um, how on earth do you get your closest family members to take you seriously because they know you so well, right? Like, because kids don't listen to their own parents, they listen to strangers. So how on earth did you get your boys to take uh, you seriously? Well, and and... The, 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 eldest, <laughs> the eldest boy, that, that was, you know, that was... It was, um, uh, uh, you know, you, you, I was a machine in the early days. I really was, yeah. Um, and be, because I was following a, a, a very simple formula, buy a smelly house, fix it up, rent it out. You know, one of the per people that mentored me, um, I, I said to them, you know, if you could give me one bit of advice in property, what would it be? And he just said, make loads of offers and make them as cheeky as hell. 
Well, that was my formula from that moment on in. Yeah. yeah. And uh, because I, I stuck to that formula rather than uh, listening to what anybody else was saying out there, um, I had deals coming at me. Yeah. And so when my eldest boy, when he was like 18, 19, we got him his first house. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, you, you look at that house now, which was a hundred and fifty thousand pounds house at the time, roughly. Right. Um, that's valued at four fifty. So for the last 20 years. Right. Um, he's made ten thousand pounds a year just from that from that one property and the income that comes off it. Well, I didn't do one or two. So I forced him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> take away the choice element yeah but ask me at the time did he appreciate it of course not Maybe not not even slightly does he yeah. appreciate it now yeah, yeah. totally Absolutely. yeah the young boy is a different is a different case because i've realized that actually giving the family money makes them lazy yeah uh, so with the younger boy right I, i'm giving him the knowledge Right. So he's asking me questions. So right now, you know, that the, the the house that he and his partner have got. Yeah. Um, he's they've just had a baby, they're not married, right? You know, it's it's cool, it really is. I'm really cool with them, right? And her mom and dad had actually booked her a house, yeah. Right. And he's going, Dad, how do we grow? You know, how can we make it grow? Yeah. And I said, Well, I can't force Emma, his girlfriend. Right. And, and her family to do this. But I think you should rent out the house that you've got now and move into a bigger house using the PPR strategy, principal private residence strategy. Yeah. I, I said, but I can't tell you to do that. <laughs> yeah. Right. And um, they've gone off and spoke to her parents and they've agreed with it. Yeah. Well, in theory, it would just you know, because they've got the baby and they're not ready to move just yet. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but that, yeah. but but he's got the hunger now. And he's asking yeah. the right questions. He's actually happy to meet for a, a, a for a lunch, right? Whereas before, if I needed to speak to him in any way, I had to text him. Text. It wasn't a conversation; it was a text. <laughs> yeah? So he's involved in the in, in the in the cycle now as well. Yeah. Good. Okay. So the key there really is don't hand it to them on a plate show them that you're just doing it and then eventually they'll think okay i want to do that for myself and then and they'll be ready at different times as well yeah 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 de definitely i mean when they see the tax bills they go how much <laughs> <laughs> that i think that impresses them more than anything else yeah. <laughs> um okay so if that we have any listeners who are just thinking about getting starting started and they're worried about not having enough money about the timing of the market about cost of living crisis and all of that going on there what's the advice that you would give them today um make the decision that you're going to do it and don't stop till you get there yeah that's that, that that's it because it's it, it's open to everybody that's one of the great things about this this country we live in, we put it down and we're, we're our worst enemies, yeah, as a country, we're our worst enemies. But people still queue up to get into, into uh, the UK. We don't have fences keeping people uh, in. People want to come in and, and, and be part of this because it doesn't matter, you know, race, religion, whatever, wherever you come from, you can go from absolutely zero in this country right to the very top, right? And as long as you've got that desire and you're not prepared to quit. 
Yeah, Love even it. when times get tough. And yeah. when it, you you were saying sort of do the do the basics well, do the basics well. What are your? Because a lot of people are looking at fancier strategies, bigger things to get started <laughs> to give them the income. What do you do in property, Mark? Um, it's, it, the, the the simple bit is uh, view properties. <laughs> Yeah, but strategy-wise, what what what? Um, what uh, my, my my strategy is is uh, the uh, buy to lets for income. I do that up in in around. Well, all the buy to lets that I've got are all for income. Yeah, mm. but uh, again, a good little because I had the right mentor at the right time. I made some money on a on a on a flip. But it wasn't my skill that made the money there. It was the market that worked in my favour. The market went up, yeah. and my uh, mentor at the time said, "Flip that and put that money down in in London." Uh, and I bought a flat down in London. So then I've got an income strategy and a capital strategy working yeah. at the same time, um, and I just I just carried on that. So for income um, on the baby buy to lets up in around the northwest. Um, I do uh, uh, houses multiple occupation, HMOs here in Luton, Nova in Stevenage, right, which was income to start off with. But we've had the big uplifts in um, uh, capital appreciation, bigger uplifts than I anticipated, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Also, the rents have increased as well, uh, quite significantly. Um, and I've got stuff in London. We've got stuff as a family all over all over the country. I wouldn't recommend people to be like that because that's what happens. You lose your <laughs> hair, it will go silver. But I, I would definitely uh, focus on uh, anybody starting out. I would definitely focus on income. Um, and then try and uh, buy a, a property, not for the not for the income initially, um, uh, but for the potential capital appreciation down south. And then you're getting the best of the the best of both worlds. And you don't have to be fancy. You don't have to be clever, right? You just stick to some corporate core principles. And to me, it's always well. People always say, right, you know. So how do I do it? Well, let's let's start by viewing some properties, shall we? <laughs> right, yeah. because when you start viewing properties, you can see the stuff that works, that doesn't work, that yeah. you're thinking, why, you know, this could work, you know, and you're working with people that can say to you, think about this, think about that, think about the other, you know, one thing that saved me loads of time, uh, again, you know, um, uh, was uh, uh, my mentor um, uh, said to me, Mark, stop trying to do quirky. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just focus on your two, three bedroom houses. That will work. Yeah, right. You yeah. might have to work harder to, right? But quirky will sap your time and energy. Um, uh, so just focus. So my focus up in Blackpool is two and three bedroom houses. My focus down here in uh, Luton and Stevenage, three bedroom houses that we could turn into five rooms. You know, um, I'm, I'm going to say we're doing something else slightly different now is that we're just buying for capital, long-term capital for the family. Um, and we're just buying cluster houses up by uh, the airport. Yeah, right. Massive, massive demand, right. And uh, low maintenance houses um, and yeah, cash flow like crazy. And Love how did you, with your mental work day, you six days a week, all the hours under the sun, going to them, you know, living in Luton, investing up in Blackpool. How did that happen? How did you manage the time? Where did the time come from? Um, uh, 10 minutes a day and one day to every two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. 
But I ask think... me, what did I do in that 10 minutes? <laughs> well, what did you do in that 10 minutes? Yeah, what, what did I do in that 10 minutes? Well, first of all, I went to bed with Russ Whitney uh, every night. Um, it was a cassette, actually. It was a cassette. On a Walkman. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it was a cassette. And his story inspired me. That, that inspired, it gave me hope that I could also do the same, if that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so there was that. I, w- I would read a little. Um, I, I'd never, I was never a reader. I didn't read from the age of about 16 through till about the age of 40. Right. Uh, and now I've got a library. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, if, if that makes sense. I, I literally read minimum of one book a month, if not two books a month. But I've also got the books uh, highlighted with everything. I'm, I'm, I'm obsessed. You study books. You, I, one of the big things you've taught me is don't just read a book, study don't, a book. Don't, ju- don't just read a book, study it. So, that, you know, there's my there's my um, uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad book. And you can see there it's highlighted in different colours. Because the first time you read it, it's one colour. Second time you read it, it's another colour. Third time you read it, it's another colour. And then when you're out teaching, people steal the books, and then you have to start all do it, <laughs> do it all again, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, so it was reading, it was doing little bits of uh, uh, doing little bits of research. It was still early days internet, um, but only for about ten minutes, enough to keep me motivated. You know, I did have the affirmation, um, uh, brainwashing myself. But one day every two weeks, I turned up in in Blackpool, six o'clock start in the morning. Got to Blackpool for about nine, had breakfast with my mum and dad, dropped little Laurie off there. Um, uh, I'd always arranged four or five viewings on a Sunday when the agents aren't open. That, there's something that really freaks people out. Yeah. Um, and I would view the houses. I would look what's going on on the streets. I would make notes of what was going on on the streets. I would talk to uh, people. Um, and by uh, two o'clock, I'd finished and I would uh, uh, go back to my mum's Sunday lunch, drive back to Luton that night, get back for 9, 10, 11, depending on the traffic. Yeah. Um, but, but I created the habit, uh, the habit. And um, you asked about a book, and one of the books there, I would say, was, you know, I, I, I followed a chap called Jim Rohn in my early days. Yeah. yeah. And he mentored a chap called... Um, uh, Jeff Olson, who wrote a book called The Slight Edge, and I think he articulates the success process quite simply in there. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it was it was the habit that had been created. Ten minutes a day, you know, even even today, even this morning when the alarm went off, right? It was um, do the stuff that I normally do, but it was still read a few pages in the morning. Yeah, it was write me top three goals out every morning. Yeah. Yeah, love it. Slight Edge is my number one. I absolutely love that book. I read it every single year, year on year. And it is those habits that you get into. And if people are feeling a bit paralyzed right now and a bit freaked out about cost of living and everything feeling out of control, I always revert to taking action. And you saying just viewing houses. I've I've got the phrase that I picked up from Dale Carnegie, and I have to use this on people all the time. Um, uh, and, and say to them, get this written down, say it to yourself over and over again. Inaction breeds doubt and fear. If you do nothing, you just get more fearful. Yeah, right. Action breeds confidence and courage. Because you're doing something, you feel in control. 
Yeah. So if you want you to learn from doing, because there will be bits that you don't understand. You've gone and done something, and you're learning off the back of that, and then you've got questions to go and ask people that have been there yeah. as well. Well, if it's gone, if it's gone well, it's gone well. Okay. And if it's less well, right? How can I improve that process? Mm. How can I improve it? Right. Uh, inaction breeds doubt and fear. Action breeds confidence and courage. If you want to conquer fear, do not sit at home and think about it. Go yeah. out and get busy. Do something. Brilliant. I think that's a brilliant note for us to end yeah. on. Do something. Um, and uh, it's been a pleasure recapping uh, your story. James and I have heard it many times, but it never yeah. goes old. No, it doesn't at all. And it's, it's always inspiring every time you hear it. Yeah, and we're yeah, because that's all I try to do nowadays is is inspire people. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's nothing better than seeing you guys doing what you're doing um, uh, out there. You know, you're, you're passing the torch down. Somebody passed it to me. You're you're you've got hold of it right now, and you're passing it down to other people. And other people are going to be interviewing you uh, in many years to come. Yeah. There we are. I love it. So um, you're very, uh, people that are working with you continue, I know, to, to really get fantastic results. Um, the people that you coach, I know you're very selective about who you work with and they have to make a, make the grade to, to spend time in your, in your space. Uh, so they're very, very fortunate. And of course, people can find you on LinkedIn and in our Facebook community. Facebook um, any, you, any other social platforms? Just, you'll don't Google, just don't Google you, eh, Mark? <laughs> yeah, so don't don't Google Mark Dalton Triple X. Now everybody's going <laughs> up and Googling it. Yeah, right. Very, um, very uh, but yeah, uh, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. That's really where I am. I'm out there. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't promote too much. Although people will say, "Oh, Mark, you do." Right? Yeah. But I'm not promoting. I'm trying to give value to people. Yeah, and you do. You do that in spades. So brilliant. Thanks so much for spending your morning Thank with you. us today. Thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. See, See you soon. again. Well, it's very difficult to summarize a genius at work, but I think we all took away some very key learnings from Mark there, um, an abundance of experience he's had over the decades. If your hunger and your vision is big enough, that will keep driving you and the power behind taking actions to help you feel in control. Those actions alone will just keep those opportunities coming your way. And it doesn't matter if it's just 10 minutes a day that you're dedicating to your property journey or 10 hours a day, as long as the quality and the direction in which that action is, is being taken is always and consistently the right uh, direction. Um, I really uh, feel very blessed to uh, count Mark as one of my closest friends now. He's definitely part of my family and uh, I love socializing with him and, and James. And in all honesty, surround yourself with people who inspire you or you aspire to be like, and then hold them close to you and make sure that you model them as closely as you possibly can. And then one day they too will become great friends. You can meet people like Mark Dalton in our Facebook community page. And uh, if you want to find out how to learn more about how to become an investor like James, Mark or myself, then check out our Property Wealth System website for details on there. Look forward to bringing you more great content next week. Thank you.